0: a warm welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I am the Bill Arnold part of that sentence and could not be any happier to be joined in studio by Rick Matson and John fonts They are regular guests, and we're going to be chatting about getting ready for the holiday seasons and all the opportunities we're going to have to interact with um, relatives, friends, and all the people that we're around at the holiday time that we get a chance to. So tell me what you've been up to and all of a sudden you can figure out how to be more creative and integrating faith and doing it in a winsome way and having uh, conversations that don't uh, get uh, overexcited, and you can talk about your faith with confidence and draw questions out uh, and get people to talk, because that's important. Otherwise, we always feel a little bit, um, what's the word? I feel like you clam up a little bit when it comes to talking about your faith with your family. And, and your neighbors and friends. So let's let's be bold. Let's be strong. Let's be confident. Let's uh, find out what they have to
1: say. We'll take 60 seconds and bring them on. Hi, I'm Neil Stavem. You remember that old gospel song, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Well, here at Faith Radio, we truly count it a blessing to know that so many of you give generously to keep this ministry on the air and available online and on the app. Were we to name you one by one, it'd take a long time. So allow me to speak to all of you who stand with us financially and say many thanks for your gifts. Because of you, the gospel goes out, God's word is taught, and lives are changed. This ministry has a legacy of over 70 years of faithfully proclaiming the good news. And whether you've been a longtime supporter or have just joined our giving team, know that God is using you to strengthen this outreach so many others can find hope in Jesus. Well, There's more work to be done. So if you've yet to partner with Faith Radio, would you make a gift today? Call 877-933-2484 and press 2 to make a gift or give online at MyFaithRadio.com.
0: How is your Tuesday going? I hope it's good. We're going to have a good hour with Rick Manson and John Afonso. Rick works for University Christian Fellowship. Just got back from Harvard. Like, that's a big deal. Is that a big deal? <laughs> it was. Yeah, well, um, that's all we're going to talk They
2: never about. heard of me out there. I never <laughs> found <laughs> and they, out.
0: And they don't remember who that guy was. Anyway, uh, you uh, often do a forum called Stump to Chump, where curious and skeptical students ask Rick any question they wish about Christianity. And that offer is always on the table when Rick and Jonna are in the studio. So if you have any question, if you're a skeptical person and you've got something that's not yet answered... Send me a text, and we'll ask it on your behalf, 877-933-2484. John Afonso is a poet and chocolate lover. She's also a worship and community life pastor at Salem Covenant Church in New Brighton, Minnesota. And nice to have both of you back on the program. John, how are you?
3: I'm doing well. It is a busy season, isn't it? It really is. It is.
0: (laughs) And the cold always indicates that holidays are on the way. And if we're going to be effective in sharing our faith or getting engaged with our relatives and friends on the topic of spirituality, what's the first thing we should do?
3: Yeah, so Rick and I were talking about this, and we really think that just the way that you prepare your house, you really need to prepare your heart and your soul. So we've been talking about sort of spiritual house cleaning um, to really begin by reflecting on what's going on in your relationship with God um, What's happening in that relationship? Are there some exciting things that are stirring? Um, moments where you've seen him working? Think through those stories that you could really naturally share with others. What are you growing and learning? And also, seriously, what are your rough edges? What are your doubts? What are things that you're not getting right now? That that messier side of a real authentic faith. But kind of do a spiritual inventory Think through what's going on in my own life with God right now.
2: I think, too, bringing relationships that I have with these folks I'm going to be interacting with, bringing my past with them before the Lord and saying, Lord, I had a wonderful time with this person last time. Could we just build on that this time around? Or, you know, I have some conflict or some anger, or I have... Uh, some, uh, some past hurts with this person that I need to deal with now instead of dealing with them later in person with that person. Like, they're probably not going to get resolved then, but can I at least partially resolve those things now in prayer before the Lord so that when I walk into those conversations at a party at work or a neighborhood party or with family or whatever, that I'm not relying on me ad-living in the moment uh, to resolve those things, but I brought them before the Lord now uh, to get some resolution and some clarity and to work on my, I think, motivations, too. What are my motivations? Am I there to get even with this person or am I c- there to care about this person? That's probably going to need—I'm I- going to need the Lord's strength to work through that.
0: Would you journal?
2: I would. Yeah. I'm a big journaler. Yeah.
0: Are you? Good I for am. you. Yep. I'm impressed because it sounds like that's very intentional.
2: It is. And to write out those names in yeah. my journal and say, Lord, I have a little problem with this person. There's awkwardness or there's conflict, there's anger, there's hurt. Uh, let's deal with it now so that that doesn't become the dominant theme once we show up at the holiday party. Mm.
3: I'm thinking of just uh, one of my neighbors that we sometimes have a conflictual relationship with, just sort of bump into each other. Her leaves are in our gutter and our weeds are crossing over her fence or, you know, just the (laughs) the silly like things that you rub against. And um, we really would love to invite her to our Thanksgiving. We've never had her over for a meal and we kind of know she's alone this year. So we're going to invite. And I've been asking God about those moments of resentment or those moments where we are in conflict and how do I deal with those? How do I make sure my heart's not junked up with anything as well as can I just name like, oh, I know sometimes we we see things differently, but I'm so grateful that you're my neighbor and, you know, glad that you're here. You know, there's a way of kind of doing some cleaning, some house cleaning with your relationships as well. Yeah,
2: and it, it seems like we're more Apt as pragmatic people to clean the physical house than we are the spiritual house. But the physical house, uh, or prepare a gift for a person if we're going out to a party or whatever, uh, I think it's a good analogy. We think through a good gift or we think through what it means to uh, vacuum and clean the house and prepare it to receive people into our home. Uh, that same sort of thinking, can we apply that to our souls before we go into these uh What if uh, there's...
0: Um, 20 years of resentment that you haven't really dealt with. You get one of those Baxters for the front yard and start putting the resentments in it.
3: <laughs> I certainly think you've got to own your part of what you're carrying into that, because mm-hmm. you really aren't going to be able to communicate the love of Jesus with a thick layer of resentment. <laughs> like, you know, so if you've got to own at least your part, and honestly, maybe the only traction you're going to get this holiday is just to say, we've had a tough relationship. I'd like to see that change. Wow. I mean, just to... That's beautiful. You know, to just name it and again say, that's just not my heart anymore. Wow. You know.
2: And it's sort of a risk because it takes two to tango.
3: Yeah, they may.
2: The other person (laughs) may go, what are you talking about? Or I don't want to go there. Or you're not worth it. Or blah, 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 blah. Anything could happen. But at least to own our part and to deal with that uh, before we get there. And then make that maybe bold, little, careful, Mm -hmm. humble statement. uh, That could really go somewhere.
0: Yeah, because the tone could... Could come back at you fast and furious, and yeah. it could it could uh, change f- very quickly mm-hmm.
3: and literally you can just step back if you took that bold step and you offered something, and what comes back at you is twenty years of resentment, mm-hmm. then you can literally say hey I- i'm sorry i didn't mean to upset you um, let's just have a nice afternoon and, and John you know it's the
2: sorry don't you think also that um when we get into those situations, when our conversations about our own uh, fallibilities and our own shortfalls—that uh, that sense of humility—don't you think it it disarms some of these volatile relationships if we walk in and we sort of admit we don't have it all together? Maybe you could say something about that. Yeah.
3: Well, I think that um, you, uh, Bill, you mentioned being winsome, and I just think that humility is winsome. I think it's, it's it disarms. When when you can just own your own stuff and admit your own um, issues or problems with things, I I just think it's disarming. And then Rick, you mentioned humor as well. Can you laugh at it a little bit and laugh at you yourself? Know? Yeah, right. Like yeah, you know, I do get so emotional whenever we talk about blah blah blah. You know, I wish I was such a hot tempered. You know, you know, turn on the fire hose. I mean, you could just. Can you can you use lightness? Can you use humor and and show that you're, you're you recognize you have faults and that this tension isn't just about the other person?
2: Yeah, and I think all of this takes spiritual preparation. Yeah, I just can't do this stuff on the fly. I'm not that good. I don't know about you, but I'm not. And so trying to ad lib in the moment, I'm not going to deliver what I need to deliver. But right. if I prepare before I get there.
3: Mm, yeah so I think one of the things that to really think about I was um of course, prayer becomes a really critical piece that you're thinking through who's on your guest list, who's at the parties that you're going to? Can you name them by name if you know that, and can you be asking God um I want to open my eyes, open my ears, is there a scripture that God gives you that you can carry with you um I have um I have this I feel like this little word from God about one of my holiday gatherings where um god has has sort of said they're missing their mom that's what whatever flares here mm. they're missing their mom, mm-hmm. and can you just be a gracious feminine presence in their life and mom' them a little mm-hmm. like like be that gentle, kind woman? in their life. Can you do that for them generously, without any expectation? You know, that little word's going to be, it's going to transform that gathering for me.
0: Very insightful, Jonna. I think you guys are off to a great start. I've had my expectations high and so far you're meeting them, which is good. <laughs> Rick uh, Matson has written a couple of books, two of which are in my hand. One is called Faith is Like Skydiving and Other Memorable Images for Dialogue with Seekers and Skeptics another great little book called Faith Unexpected. They're just a collection of real stories of people who found what they never imagined, Faith Unexpected. We're going to continue our discussion uh, as we prepare for the holidays and the opportunities we're going to have to have discussions with people we love, people we have a lot of history with, people that we have maybe not been entirely loving towards all the time. Maybe it's time to break new ice and say, let's... um, I want you to hear what's going on in my life and how God's working in my life. And I've not always been as as uh, loving as as I should have been and showing vulnerability. We're going to continue this conversation. If you have any questions, let us know what they are, 877-933-2484. Otherwise, we'll, we'll be back in 90 seconds. Jonna are in studio. Of course, you know, uh, they come as a team, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Rick works for University Christian Fellowship. Jonna is um, Worship and Community Life pastor at Salem Covenant, and they work fantastic as a team. And usually it's BOGO, buy one, get one free, which is great. <laughs> so I always take advantage of that. And <laughs> Rick also is uh, holds a forum called Stump the Chump around uh, campuses. He was recently at Harvard. And if uh, you are a skeptic and you want to ask a question, let us know what it is. We'll take it, 877-933-2484. That would be a text line only. Today we're going to continue talking about getting ready to be with friends and relatives during the holidays, which are coming up soon. And so let's say we've prepared our hearts, we've prayed up, and now we've arrived to the home. Let's go from there.
2: I think what I want to do at first is to forget about my own uh, self-protection, my own ability to win, to dominate, to be liked, uh, all those uh, selfish postures that are focused on me and me sort of making it through this holiday party or making it through this dinner party or making it through this Christmas celebration, whatever it is, And what if I didn't focus on myself, but my first thought when I walked in the door was, what is God doing here? Mm. Uh, And to believe theologically that God, he got there first. He got there before I ever arrived. He's doing his work. My job then as a representative of the Lord is to discover, to discern, to research, (laughs) to be a detective. And figure out what he's already doing in the lives of these folks And to participate in his work that he's doing, and that takes the focus off of myself and enables me to adopt a humble and listening posture and to be inductive. In other words, to figure out what's going on and then uh, then to participate in his work.
0: That's a remarkable insight, Rick. I think that Harvard thing paid off.
3: (laughs) I
2: told you, Harvard never heard of me, but
0: I did enjoy my time (laughs) there.
3: You know, Rick, I was um, just wondering when you think about that, as you think about when you're walking in, are there some questions that you kind of carry with you, your little bag of like, I want to find out what God is doing here. Are there some questions you might use to just, and imagine people at, maybe this isn't my cousin Eddie, maybe this is someone that's down the block that I've talked to four times Mm -hmm. that I, but I'm wanting to try to discover something. Are there some questions you have or could use?
2: Well, to me, the concept I wish I could lay out, I I should have these (laughs) questions memorized Mm because I use them intuitively, but the concept is sort of you're unpeeling an onion here. So you start with outer questions about the external world, hobbies, sports, uh, the neighborhood, uh, those sorts of things, and then you move a step deeper, maybe their job, their family, ask questions about that, and then pretty soon you're into values, dare I say politics, one has to be careful there. But the deeper you get, the more you find out what this person is willing to disclose about themselves. And if they're willing to disclose quite a bit, I'm saying to myself, God is at work here. God is providing an open door. And I wanted to share a a verse about this. It's from Colossians 4. I do a lot of evangelism training, and I use this verse all the time. Uh, Paul's in prison. He's writing to the Colossian church in Colossians 4. Uh, Well, start at verse 2, if I may. Devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. So that's the prayer part of getting ready to do this. And then he says, pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains and proclaim it clearly as I should. And then be wise, he says, and make the most of every opportunity. But Paul is saying, pray that God would open the door and then pray that we would make the most of the opportunity. So it's both and he's believing God went before him, but then he's also knows, knows that he needs the Discernment and the wisdom to know how to walk in and to have that conversation. Anyway, back to your yeah, question. Then is right. you know you start kind of start with the surface and then go deeper and take it as deep as the other person will go. And that's I think how you find out what God might be doing in their life.
0: That's really good. You guys are you guys are really good today.
3: <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that we were talking about this as we were thinking uh, the analogy that I had is I think that evangelism is a coin um, and it has two sides and one side is listening and one side is speaking. And I always say, it seems like I meet people and they're either good at one side of the coin or the other. So I'm really good. I've got the bridge diagram all down and I know how to do that, but I don't Listen very well, or ask good questions, or you're one of those shy Swedes who doesn't want to share anything personal, and so all you do is listen. ask questions yeah. and listen, and or you're maybe never, not even ask questions, right. just you listen just and listen. let the other person blab in stony silence. In stony yes. silence, yes, and 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 not putting out there a little of your own journey, whatever has been shared with you. You could then share. So if they're sharing about something that's really important in their life, they've really invited you to come right back and share something important in your life. You know, so it's this, you need both sides of that coin if um, if the gospel is going to be shared effectively. And I do
2: think. you think there's a difference uh, between uh, this real passive listening that you're talking oh, nice. about and a more active listening? and? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think that might be?
3: Yeah, I think I, um, I, in just in conversations we've had, Rick, we talk about how do you continue to open up the conversation if if someone kind of lets slip out, like, oh, my kid's been sick and it, we, that's been a struggle for you us. You had to
2: put the dog down. There's yeah. so many things. Like,
3: how do you then ask the next question, not you say, oh, I'm sorry, that sounds tough. Well, what happened? You know, you, How do you keep opening that so you're, you're really paying attention and not just, yeah, sitting in silence, but curious about what pathway the Spirit is opening in front of you that you could learn about this person, demonstrate love and care for them instead of that. And
2: I think you're giving away social power in a good way when you do that, too. You are empowering the other person to tell their story, and the more they tell their story, the more you can discern what God is doing in their life. The more you discern that, the more you can participate with and be God's junior partner in this uh, conversation, in this relationship here. I like what you said about drawing the other person out. And when I do evangelism training with the graduate students that I work with, try to talk about a 30-70 or a 40-60 conversation where approximately, I mean, there's no hard and fast rule here, but approximately 30 to 40% of the time I'm talking, disclosing something of myself asking good questions, but probably 60 to 70% of the time, I'm listening to them and giving them a platform to express themselves, which a lot of people aren't used to having an active listener in their life. Wow, how radical would that be for so many people?
0: A lot of wisdom. And when you are listening to somebody, it doesn't take long before they start sharing something that's of a pretty dramatic nature yes. because it doesn't take long for someone to say what happened this week, you know, yeah. a friend, someone I worked with, you know, had a heart attack and, you know, you go, Ooh, what was that like? Um, or you lost a parent or there's something difficult, challenging where you can ask them how they processed it and what did they do? How did they feel? And just get them to talk about Stuff that's in, that from next the heart. Level yeah. Down,
3: yeah.
0: yeah. That's
2: Exactly
3: right. There's a
0: lot of um, everyone's got the the struggle, don't they?
2: And I think pain and struggle is a bridge for the gospel. Uh, people come to a realization about their spiritual needs because mm-hmm. they feel bad and they need relief. They need solutions. They need something more ultimate in their lives. And what they're doing right now isn't doesn't represent that ultimacy. And so, when that pain comes out, we can think to ourselves, "You know eventually, Jesus speaks to this. How can I be jesus mouthpiece, his instrument right now of his grace, to say something helpful and productive and caring uh, right now, even if it 's just listening at the moment, could lead to something down the road
0: let 's keep this going if you have a question, let us know what it is, or a comment eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four getting our our hearts ready to have, uh, discussions with loved ones during the holidays. It's, uh, plenty of opportunities I would imagine are coming up, uh, friends, family, neighbors, you know, when the neighbor, the neighbors say, come on over for cider and cookies. Uh, what kind of opportunity awaits you? What is God doing in their life that you can discover? That's what we're talking about today. And when we come back, we'll continue this with Rick uh, Matson and John Afonso. Rick's got a couple of books, And one is called Faith is Like Skydiving, and other, Memorable Images for a Dialogue with Seekers and Skeptics, and another one is called Faith Unexpected, Real Stories of People Who Found What They Never Imagined. We'll take a short break and be right back.
2: Faith
0: Radio. It's so nice to have you with us today. I've got Rick Matson and John Afonso in studio, and we're talking about getting ready to have discussions with our loved ones and family and friends and neighbors around the holidays. And I did open up the text line. The first question that came in is this. When you're at a family's holidays with family who would all call themselves Christians, some Catholic, but never talk about God, how do you have the are you truly saved conversation, especially with aging grandparents who go to church but don't talk about it?
2: You know, it depends on the situation so much, and I don't mean just the situation of where they are at, but I think the social situation, is this a gathering of a bunch of neighbors that I don't know very well and my grandparents happen to be sitting there? Then I'm probably going to defer that conversation uh, a little bit or maybe drop a hint along the way about it, what, what it means to be a person of faith, and then I'm going to hope to connect with them privately later. but. You know, around a table of a dozen people, uh, when their conversation is mostly about the Minnesota Vikings or something, I probably wouldn't want to interrupt that awkwardly and just talk to my grandparents in the hearing of everyone else and embarrass them and dominate Mm. the discussion. I wouldn't want to do that. But if I had some private time with those people later and and God seemed to be opening a door for it, then I would absolutely go there. And try to be as clear about the gospel as I possibly can if God is opening a door. And I might discern if God is opening a door by just asking the question, hey, how is your church experience going? I've had a little bit different experience than you, and could you tell me about your church experience? And, and as they get into that, if they're talking about more of a formalized faith in name only, what we call a nominal Christian then I say, hey, could I suggest something, an idea to you that has been meaningful to me? I'm asking their permission if I can talk about this. And they say, sure, because I present, I I have a posture of humility here, and I've asked their permission. Asking permission is way underrated in sharing our faith. You're asking if you can do, and they say yes. Well, here's what's been my experience, and it might be helpful for you to think about this now at your church, or maybe you want to visit mine sometime. But I don't know, did you have anything else to add to that, Yeah, you know, I think that, I, would,
3: I would just think through, um, what are some questions you might have that could open up the discussion of faith? Sometimes it's a generational thing, like we just, we don't talk about sex, right. money, or religion. Like, that's not what you do. Um, but if you're poking and curious and you're like, you know, I'm just curious, you seem, you are so faithful about going to church. I just love to hear more about that. What, what does your faith mean to you? How does it change the way you live? You know, ask some of those questions and if you, and, and the more you're pursuing and interested um, I think the more that picture you can find out, is this just out of duty and is nominal, or is there something living there that you could?
0: It also sounds like you're, you know, you're expecting your grandparent to be all of a sudden some magically wonderful communicator. Yep. I mean, because you mm-hmm. presented that so beautifully, Jana. I mean, <laughs> and if I was an old person, I would respond lovingly to that. But what about the old cadre that you know has never expressed any kind of emotions at all? Even that warm invitation may not produce anything satisfactory.
2: Well, I think I could verbalize something that they may be able to relate to. So if they're unable to articulate it, uh, I might say, hey, some people say it this way. I don't know if this is you or not. Some people say, hey, I'm here because it was instilled in me as a child, and I do it out of duty, and there's worse things than duty, and I have faith, and that's what the church taught me. Uh, but other people say, well, no, I'm just here because I feel an obligation, and I actually sort of resent being here, but I go anyway. Other people have something more warm toward their creator and their savior that they want to say. Uh, do any of those fit you? And, and do you relate to any of those? So if they can't articulate it, maybe I can.
0: Mm, I like that. Give them a multiple mm. choice sort Give them, sort them multiple
2: choice. And, but, but you can't do it in this uh, dominant way. You can't do it in this uh, way that is very patronizing. Mm -hmm. It's got to be with that sense of humility. So you're walking a fine line here. And that's why I keep saying in these conversations, you have one ear tilted to the right and that's on them. And you've got your left ear tilted to the Holy (laughs) Spirit and you're this conduit. And you're trying to listen to what God is saying and to what these folks are saying, both at the same time. So you're listening in stereo as you become a witness for God. Mm.
0: Probably wouldn't hurt either to tell grandma or grandpa the imp- the impact that they have had on your l- spiritual life. Yes. You know, I learned by watching you, grandma, how much you love to pray. Yep. You know, because sometimes helping religious people come to faith in Christ is the biggest challenge out there.
2: Yep. Yeah, I think
0: because they think right. they got everything they need when they really have not come to
2: saving faith. Sometimes I think they might say it or express it or think about it a little bit differently than we do, but there's still something genuine there. Oh, I agree. And so part of our job oh, is to fan the flames of something that's genuine and to make it even greater, to make it even more genuine, one might say, even if it isn't exactly how I would think about it.
3: Yeah. And I think there are even, uh, uh, some of it is how deep do you go in those discussions about other things? Like, are are you more open and honest with these people or is the relationship more surfacey? In which case you just want to be careful. I mean, you don't want to try going into a deep, deep place when you've never established that relationship, even if there's someone who's been around. I just think my grandfather, whom I adored, as a child was just a very silent man <laughs> <Mine> and <too. laughs> hardly ever said anything and i i could get him talking if i began to ask him stories about when he was in the oil fields he used to work the oil fields and so i would and if i could get him telling those stories then i could ask another question you know grandpa how did you go to did you ever go to church when you were out working in texas and in the oil field you know i could And then, and stories were a way of getting at something and exploring that. So I just think it's. You're right. It's like know the person who's in front of you and approach it in a way that opens them rather than makes them feel defensive.
2: Or, or use language that they are apt to understand and use Mm -hmm. rather than I would. So their language might be about religion. Mm. or might be about spirituality. Now, secretly, you might be thinking to yourself, yeah, well, that's the problem. It's religion versus a relationship here. But on their terms, uh, how can I get them talking and expressing what they think about uh, how the importance of religion in their family, or in their tradition, or in their childhood, or why why did you grow up Lutheran or Baptist? Or what, you know, what it doesn't matter what it is, but ask them about their motivations for doing that and continuing on with it could just open up all sorts of uh, great. And then at some point, I might say, "If I ever shared with you my story, and I I don't think I ever have, but would you mind if I I, I kind of have this sum, five minute summary of it?" And, and here's how I usually express that. Again, I'm asking their permission to go into something. And once I get their permission, boom, I'm into it. I tell my testimony and hopefully in a concise way.
0: And that's also assuming you have your five-minute story down and ready to go. Uh, yes, that's that part of preparation. That could be your prepping. Yeah, yeah exactly. We
3: talked about how we, especially at Christmas, we're buying presents for people and we're wrapping those presents and you're ready with all of that, or you're going to someone's house and you have a hostess gift or something. Well, the present spiritually that you bring is noticing the work of God in your life and being articulate about it. Um, ready with something that you may not get to share, but you're ready. You've got the gift there, ready to give.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, what about if some of the people at the party are the, uh, I know everything 23-year-olds? And I don't <laughs> is ta- there such a thing out I there? think is there, there is. is. <laughs> I remember when I was 23, I think I knew it all. Yeah. And they, uh, they've really stepped away from faith. They're not interested, and they think you're a little bit nuts.
2: Yeah. I like to think of uh, front door, side door. Front door is confronting them on their own terms, disagreeing with them, contradicting every statement they make. Every once in a while, I do believe we are called to that. Just draw a line in the sand and say what's true. I'd say 95% of the time, that's probably not what the Lord is calling us to. Side door would be more autobiographical. I say, wow, that's really interesting. I know tons of young people are walking away these days. Us oldsters, we see it a little bit differently And the way that I tend to approach that, so now I'm speaking autobiographically. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying to them, in essence, you can't really disagree with my story because I'm telling you my story right now. The way we see that is that we always thought it was important to be faithful to the institution, faithful to the church, uh, even when things weren't going well, because we never expected perfection. And I might go into that a little bit, even talk about some of the flaws and the faults in my own spirituality mm-hmm. and in my church, but I'm still faithful anyway. And then again, I circle back and I say, no, I know you guys probably don't see it quite that way, but that's that's kind of how we've done it. And I'm just wondering, what do you think about uh, the way that some of us have handled that? Does that make any sense uh, to you? Do you guys rent out for family events? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Co- I told Rick that he needs to do an evangelist coaching practice. Yeah. Like, just yeah. call Rick Matson. You know,
2: <laughs> I do a ton of evangelism coaching, mm. and I like to talk about front door, side door. Front door mm. is confronting what they have said on their terms, mm. and we're sometimes taught to do that. I think uh, I don't really agree with that. Maybe five percent of the time that's true, but most of the time. You'll, you'll be more productive in the long run if you go through the side door and speak autobiographically about, mm-hmm. well, I, I see things maybe a little bit differently. And would it be okay if I shared that with you?
0: All right. What happens when there's a relative in crisis, just lost a job, maybe might be getting a divorce? And how do you approach those situations?
3: Yeah, I think those are, uh, those are gems. Those are wonderful opportunities. I think uh, when people, uh, as Rick said, that pain is kind of a bridge for the gospel, or I say vulnerability creates openness to God. I think you want to not shy away. You certainly want to protect them. I mean, those feel like conversations that might be a little more private. You can express your condolences or your sorrow, that what they're going through. Find out more about that. Find out how they're coping. Where are you finding your strength or your encouragement right now? Um, you know, you can ask those kind of questions. And then I think you ask to pray for them.
2: Exactly. I was just going yep. to mention prayer. I think
3: you step and, and and ask, you know, I'd love to pray for you. Is it okay if I pray for you? And let them give you permission. Very few people will turn you down. Most people um, will say, Sure. And then pray right there. Right. Like it, like don't don't just pray for them when you get home. Pray for them right there. There's something powerful about hearing your name being spoken to God. To God right that that is moving. And so um I say and don't make it a long prayer, don't pray for five minutes, no. don't pray all the psalms. Just do four sentences. <laughs> don't pray Deuteronomy. <laughs> yeah, just just four sentences, five sentences. Um and then um you know, offer further help, love to, you know, be a part of cheering you on if you've lost your job or whatever, especially if you've had that experience, you can say, I know this was really helpful. I'd love to do that for you.
0: Here's a listener saying, my parents asked me to honor their wishes by not bringing up religion again. Does honoring them trump the call to share the gospel?
2: Yeah, that is a great question (laughs) because that really gets down to the nub of has God opened a door here or not. Uh, you know, the more I try to listen to the voice of God in evangelism, uh, the more sensitive I become to that voice. So the first time is hardest and the fifth time is easier, And the but the hundredth time that I'm listening f- for the voice of God in a conversation, the more I seem to be in tune with what he's doing. So even in that situation, if I sense he's opening the smallest crack, I will want to go through that crack, and I might say, hey, you you have said that you don't want me to bring up religion, but I just need to share something, and that is uh, religion is kind of who I am. It's not just something I do, but it's part of my very identity, so uh, I don't want to impose anything on you, but I do at least want the freedom in this relationship to really be authentic and to be who I am. And that means that I'm a religious person. Would it be okay if I at least acted that way? Because it's the real me. If you want the real me, that's what it is. I don't want to be conscious of hiding it. So I might ask that question. And again, I'm sort of asking permission here. And if they say absolutely not, then we've got a deeper issue here. Then I go, well, then I kind of feel like I can't be my true self around you. And I don't mean to impose anything on you, but not being my true self, that just makes me feel so shut down. And is that what you really want? And they they might say, yes. Well, then I know. God was not opening a door here. (laughs) And sometimes that's just how it is. So I need to pray for the future that he will open a door, but he hasn't yet. And I need to live with that. Mm -hmm. Trying to
0: picture Aaron Rodgers going to Thanksgiving under the, pretense that I'll come as long as no one talks about football.
3: (laughs) Right, Right. Right. yeah. He won't have anything to say. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 All
0: right, let's take a little break. Rick and John are in studio. Let us know if you've got a question or a comment you'd like to make on behalf of uh, the upcoming holidays and getting ready to have those those discussions with family and loved ones and neighbors. 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Back to the show, Rick Nats and John Afonso in studio. We're chatting about getting uh, prepared internally and externally for sharing our faith with friends and neighbors and people that we love, and Mm -hmm. we're going to be around for sure. So, Rick, you said uh, maybe you need to refresh the story. Maybe you need to.
2: (laughs) Yeah, if I'm at these parties and I'm telling the same. Uh, four worn-out stories about myself that I told last year at this party. <laughs> you need new material. need new mm-hmm. material. Plus, you've gone to Harvard, so come on, get some <laughs> new material. And uh, you're kind of in the business of developing material. That's I mean, uh, right. what do you do when you've, you've used the same material all the time and you need to develop something new? Hey, the guest can ask the host a question here once <laughs> in a while, Bill Arnold. Because yeah. I know you do all this out in the marketplace and you're good at it. Uh, how do you develop new material when you're going into these situations? Um, I always try to disarm
0: people. I always try to hit them with something that just throws them off their game a little bit. Mm. And then all of a sudden they are kind of in a new place <laughs> instantly. And mm-hmm. it's not so much that I have to change material as much as I have to change the setting and the tone. Because if you hit them off off guard a little bit and they feel delighted or they laugh or they they, they got something they didn't see coming, their their gears change. Their Their openness is all of a sudden ah. a little bit more there.
2: You know Jesus comes to us in unexpected ways too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could never predict it, how he would show up and so there's always seems to be a little misdirection in how the Messiah comes to his people.
3: Yeah, I was thinking um when I was reflecting on this I was there was this like if you have tried something before and it resulted in awkward silence, <laughs> Right. try to do something, something else. else. <laughs> like, like, don't keep pounding that same, like, yeah, uh, recognize what hasn't worked, it's okay, and move on. Yeah. What do you
2: do when uh, politics comes up and things maybe get a little <laughs> bit heated around the table, uh, Jana? and of uh, insults or rhetoric is getting cranked up, uh, it's getting... Insults, name calling. Yeah, yeah. All, all of that. Yeah. Then um, what? family or friends. And then what does the what does the Christian say at that oh, point? God. Come on, tell me, girl.
3: <laughs> Um, well, first of all, I'm I'm fairly conflict-avoidant, so that is that I, I my I'm a middle child, so my tendency is to want to smooth everything over, like oh, let's make light of this, you know, like look at the sparkly over here. Or, <laughs> I mean, I, I I I can feel myself do, doing the pivot, you know, and trying to get people off the topic. But I think sometimes, again, I keep talking about just being honest and naming it, and just be the one who says, "Wow, this got hot fast," <laughs> you know. Um, maybe we shouldn't call names or, you know, I mean, just sort of be the voice of reason in the midst of it. Even if you yourself have got a little heat under the collar, um, recognize that people who are highly emotional, especially anger or defensive, it's just uh, like almost nothing good comes out of that. Mm. You know, that it a, a good discussion about something deeper can be really rich, but hot under the collar generally is is not going to be helpful for any good discussion. You're not even thinking anymore. You're just in fight or flight mode, you know.
2: I would add, too, that this gets back to front door, side door. Mm. If I confront those claims and those <laughs> assertions as I'm want of doing because I'm I'm getting a little worked up, uh, it might go badly If I Mm -hmm. diffuse things a little bit by going through the side door Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, I hear what you're saying, Uh, those of us on this side of the aisle tend to see things a little bit differently. And could could I explain why? So again, I'm kind of asking their permission, saying, could I lay this out a little bit? And, you know, you folks might disagree, but uh, I want you to know there's at least a little bit of rationale behind this position. And I'd like to share that now.
3: I like that diffusing, and you're you're now mir- you're helping model for people, this is a way for us to have this sensitive exactly. discussion.
2: Exactly. Yeah, so I'm not controlling it by winning the points, but I'm trying to model what civil discourse, but not just in moderation. I might feel strongly about this, uh, but I'm modeling what civil discourse might look like around this topic.
0: There's a listener that just jumped in that's very much in this discussion. I find it really important to live out your Christianity in these situations. For example, if there's some kind of argument, your role should be very much the Christian reaction to the argument, if possible, reacting as Jesus would react. Right. And then maybe your parents, uh, seeing you respond this way, um, might, really, might really get their attention versus just saying to them, are you really a Christian? Right. Living it out.
2: You know, I'm, I'm really, as a Christian, really against uh, abortion. That's a clear one for me. Now, instead of just taking that head on and charging like a bull over the top of the table here and knocking over the turkey, I might say, those of us who hold to the traditional understanding of Christianity and how God made life, we tend to see it this way, and, and here's why. Uh, here's some rationale behind that. If there really is a God, as we believe, and has created uh, babies in the mo- in mother's wombs, and then and kind of go on to explain that a little bit and do it in this uh autobiographical way. Uh, I am standing up for the truth, but I'm doing it in a way that maybe disarms the escalating rhetoric around the table a little bit. And and John, I want you to speak about this. I have not only eternity in mind, but I have the next six to 12 months in mind as well. Yeah. So maybe you could say something about uh, speaking to folks with Uh, the future in mind that everything doesn't have to take place right here.
3: Right. Yeah. We're saying that we're really in these conversations for the long haul. And if you can just think of this holiday season is providing some links in a chain. If God is building a bond with someone, you don't have to build the whole chain. You don't have to get them across the line, you're providing the next link. And what you're really hoping for at the end of the evening or when the party is done is that it could be very natural to text them or email them and say, hey, I really enjoyed our conversation. Would you like to grab coffee sometime? So you're even looking for trying to build a link that another link could be built onto. So I think that like don't push too hard be an inviter, do be ready to share, but more ready to listen. Some of those kind of things help create a platform for further conversation.
2: Take the current conversation as far as the Lord has led it. Don't go farther. Don't think every moment is a teachable moment, but don't fall short either. And that's the sensitivity we need to the Spirit in these uh, relationships.
0: And I love your point, John. Don't don't, uh, be afraid to follow up. I mean, if you were to sit down and write a handwritten note to this person. I promise that you will get their response because who gets handwritten notes anymore? Right. You know, it was really great talking to you. Let me again just say, my position is this and my desire for you is to see God's love for you in this way. Right. And they get a handwritten note from you and they're going to keep it.
2: At my golf club, I've been handing out copies of Faith Unexpected because it's just the power of story. I'll just say to a person, I have this resource that I created, and I'd just like to give it to you as a gift. And so I've got a bunch of my golfing buddies reading about faith stories, and uh, and then that fosters further conversation. I can say, hey, did you get a chance to, you know, look at any of those stories? Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of good conversations around that.
0: Can I give that Faith Unexpected away?
2: Yes, please. On the air? Yes. Yeah.
0: So uh, the first person that wants uh, Rick's Faith Unexpected will be the winner. Um, you can uh, email me, Bill, at MyFaithRadio.com, and uh, we'll see who can get to me the fastest.
2: <laughs> Please nice. include your mailing address.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks, Rebecca, because <laughs> I won't know where to send it.
3: No problem. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, oh, winner's already in, Bill Arnold. Cool. Which I'm keeping it myself. Nice <laughs> <going back. Yeah. laughs>
3: He's fast. In-person
0: delivery. Yeah, yeah. Walk out with it. Um, so really, really helpful. Really been a great hour. Um, and it's, um, I love the way we started. Let's do the work internally and, and start getting prayerful and prayer minded. And Rick, I love your um, example of journaling and writing specific things down for someone that you want to connect to in a real way. And, and then, Jonna, you said how important it is to go and be vulnerable and say, hey, you know, I've kind of blown this in the past. Or you've probably seen me live a certain way and I've never shared my faith with you. Now I want you to hear it. Because if it's so important to you, why don't you talk to me about it?
2: Share a little bit of our own struggles and faults. It can go a long way toward establishing trust with people. Yeah.
0: So thank you for joining me today and thanks to Rick Manson and John Afonso. Again, Rick's books are Faith is Like Skydiving and other memorable images for dialogue with seekers and skeptics and Faith Unexpected, real stories of people who found what they never imagined. Thanks for being with me today. I loved our time together, and I'm already looking forward to tomorrow. So um, have a good night as you lay your head on the pillow. Just know God loves you and is working out his grand, great plan for your life. We'll see you tomorrow.